Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching on John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. John Gossip of England tells this story. Years ago in Glasgow, I was hurrying to a meeting in a distant part of the city one Sunday morning before the trolleys began and noticed what was then quite a new thing, the pavements chalked at intervals with invitations to a hall. I stopped a policeman and asked what it meant. Ah, these are socialists, he said, and since very early morning, they have been out and about inviting the whole universe to a little place that could scarcely hold anyone. Believe me, sir, I disagree with them. But men so much in earnest as they are, are sure one day to sweep the city. What can hold them? What can keep them down? And then he added, why are you ministers not out and at it too? You have a case far better and more glorious. If you would only work for it as these men do for theirs, you would sweep the world. Today's gospel lesson is about an evangelism episode. In the verses preceding our text, Andrew, who was a disciple of John the Baptist, was with John when Jesus walked by. John declared, look, the Lamb of God. Andrew immediately followed Jesus to spend the day with him. At the end of that day, Andrew went straight to his brother, Simon Peter, and told him, we have found the Messiah. Then he brought his brother to meet Jesus. And that brother, Peter, became one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Why? Because the Holy Spirit touched him, but first someone invited him to meet Jesus. The next day, Jesus sought out Philip who we find out later in the book of John was not the sharpest tool in the shed. However, Philip was smart enough 
to immediately seek out his friend Nathaniel and tell him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nathaniel was skeptical. Notice that Philip did not argue, entice, coerce, or bribe Nathaniel to join him. He did not tell him what Jesus said or quote the prophecies about the Messiah. He simply invites him to come and see. In chapter 4, John tells us about the Samaritan woman who, after meeting Jesus, went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Just come and see. Now, these were people who had shunned this woman. But chapter 4, verse 39 says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. No quoting scripture, no bullet point testimony, no gospel told in four steps, just come see. Through the Gospels, we see the profound effect Jesus had on people when they met. We have the Canaanite woman, the blind man at Bethsaida, the Roman centurion, the woman who washed his feet at the Pharisee's home, little Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, the sick man at the Bethsaida pool, the thief on the cross, and the centurion at the foot of the cross and so many more. When Nathaniel scoffed at the idea of anything good coming from Nazareth, Philip did not defend Jesus. That was not his responsibility. He merely said, come and see. It is not our job to win people for Jesus. The Holy Spirit will do that. People meet Jesus and they are forever changed. It is our duty and responsibility to say, come and see. It is our gift to others to share what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus means to us. People become Christians because they sense that something's missing from their lives and because they see what Christian faith has done for those whom they know. Throughout John's Gospel, we see people of all shapes, sizes, and varieties that meet Jesus, women and men, Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, powerful and vulnerable. To each one, in one way or another, Jesus says the same thing, come and see. Come and see the grace of God made manifest and accessible and available to all. It is an invitation to meet the Messiah, but it is also an invitation to join a community, to come along and be part of something. In response, some take up the invitation and follow, while others are confused or simply do not believe Jesus' offer. And some not only follow, but invite others to do the same. Each of us, left to ourselves, 
is just as far from God as anyone else. But God loves us. God loves you. God has graciously chosen to send his son to save you. God has chosen to send his spirit to create saving faith in your heart. God graciously chose to send his people to bring the word of salvation to you. I was fortunate to have Christian parents. I cannot remember a time that Jesus was not part of my life. Oh, there were times when I ignored him, when I was a young adult and thought I had the world all figured out, but God was patient with me. Throughout my life, God sent people to teach me and help my faith grow and mature. There was Mrs. Johnson, Pastor Dan, my friends, Mo, Joy, Rhonda, Harve, Teresa, and Barbie, Pastor Jane Ann, and many more. Come and see. Easy, warm words. Hospitable, welcoming words. We are not called to cram our faith down another's throat. We need not question someone else's eternal destiny. We should not threaten others with the fires of hell. Simply invite a fellow human being to come and see what God is doing in and through Jesus and the community of disciples who have chosen to follow him. The number one reason a person chooses to attend a church for the first time is because someone invited him. It is not the size or reputation of the church. It is not the beautiful building or the service time. It's not the quality of the music or even the brilliant preaching. The number one reason people give for coming to a church for the first time is that someone said, come and see. We all know that our nation's culture no longer encourages congregational participation, which means our faith community's futures will be determined by our willingness to invite others to share what we have found. However, we must remember that we are not out there all alone. We have the Spirit of God working through us and sometimes before us. In his explanation of the third article of the Apostles' Creed, Luther wrote, I believe I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it united with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, day after day, he fully forgives my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give me and all believers in Christ eternal life. That same spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism and is still working among us. 
that same spirit inspired Andrew to invite his brother Peter and Philip to invite his friend Nathaniel. That same spirit inspired Peter to stand up and preach to thousands in his very first sermon. That same spirit nudged me to serve Holy Communion to a total stranger in a parking lot and to walk over and pray for a distressed person in an airport lounge. That same spirit encouraged my conservative husband to witness to a new widow when he was at her home to clean her carpets. That same spirit inspired my friend Dick to invite the nurse to join us in Holy Communion when he was in ICU. Some of you have shared how that same spirit is inspiring you to witness to friends and relatives. If you have accepted Jesus as your savior, I promise you that the Holy Spirit is in you, inspiring, encouraging, and nudging you to place a person-to-person -person call to someone in your part of this world to say, come and see what has given my life meaning, what has given me hope in tough times. Come and see what perfect love is. Just come and see. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, that we may see and taste the grace of God afresh. Come, Holy Spirit, that we may share the grace of God with others. Come, Holy Spirit, that we may bear witness with our whole lives to the grace of God made manifest and available to us in Jesus. Amen.